Today on the show, we talk about the enduring spirit of a boy and his dog. Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and universes of our favorite video games. I'm Bruce. I'm Caleb. And we are back at it again for more Pokemon lore. It just keeps spilling over the sides. And thus we have been brought back into the Pokemon world, kicking and screaming, (laughs) mostly with joy. With joy. With joy, my Poke compatriot. Me personally, it's been joy. (laughs) Yes, if you all have uh, just been, of course, in the know, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet came out uh, in fall of 2022, and we were on top of it. It was a very interesting game. It was very fun. There was a lot of, like, story ideas. There was literal, like, a school where I could learn about lore, so I literally aced history stuff because of lore party and everything. Today we're going to be talking about just a very particular kind of character study that I have kind of wanted us to start with. Um, One of the many characters that definitely shined through all the others, in my opinion, was Arvin. He's sort of like a a secondary rival slash companion friend that you have. I would actually say like there a lot of good characters are in this game, uh, but I think Arvin takes a lot of center stage focus, and uh, he's just a very interesting character that I would kind of want to have us discuss and talk about. I, th- I thought this was a brassiest episode, so this is, this is a new discovery for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. The yeah, Arvin is like excellent and entertaining even if um i think a big part of that too is just like how disarming he is like how he's almost built to give you an incorrect first impression yeah yeah um he's he's sort of like a red herring but of course we will talk about that in fact we'll just go over what we're going to be talking about today uh we're just going to dissect his whole character just as like a character as your friend slash like semi-rival and a growing adolescent, just like as a real person. We're going to talk about his background, who he is, our first impressions about him, uh, his family and the events of the game, as well as like the transition that he and his like, you know, partner Pokemon, Mavostiff, uh, make towards the climax and the end of the game. Uh, I'm sure this goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. These are major spoiler warnings for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. If you do not want to hear any of these spoilers, please don't listen to this episode until you have finished the game or it has already been spoiled for you. Exactly. It is an excellent story, both for Pokemon standards and just in general. So I think it is one that is, if you haven't experienced it yet, worth going into blind because the plot twists hit like a truck. But <laughs> we are we are deep diving into that, so... Yeah, it'll hit you like a freight train. So again, last warnings. Uh, Well, actually, one more uh, warning uh, just for you to mull it over. Uh, Caleb, uh, tell them where they can find us if they want to hear more spoilers and other lore party stuff and our new Last of Us episodes. Absolutely. We love hearing from our listeners. So you can email us podcast at lore underscore party with thoughts, episode ideas, 
We also stream weekly on Twitch, so you can follow us at uh, twitch.tv slash lore underscore party, plus Instagram and Twitter at lore underscore party, and just all over the place. Obviously, if you follow us, we're doing um, Last of Us episodes. We're doing more Star Wars. We've got a lot going on and some uh, excellent kind of deep dives and explorations and episode guides. It's a good time. It's a good time had by all for sure. So I guess first is like, why talk about this in general? Why are we just going to talk about some kid? I kind of found this topic interesting for our first new Pokemon episode of the season, uh, just because of the sheer magnitude that Arvin's story has on the entirety of the game. Um, whether or not like you have been listening through the whole thing, but like from uh, your Koridon or Miraidon to the professor to area zero, it's all kind of interconnected with Arvin's story. And of course we all can't forget about the moment where we discovered, you know, Arvin's injured Mabostiff. And um, I think I can speak for everyone just vowing, vowing to help find a cure for his Mabostiff because, uh, it was really fucking sad and uh, it tugs on your heartstrings. Uh, so it's very interesting. And then like putting that on top of him just coming from like a, a crappy, neglectful family life. Like it, it's the makings of a very good character study. It's an angle Pokemon hasn't really chased in their games or stories yet. And it's done in such an interesting way. And I think. As much as there's a lot of things in Pokemon Scarlet and Violet to talk about from a story perspective, I think Arvin is kind of a microcosm in a lot of ways of what overall sets Scarlet and Violet apart just from a lore and story perspective. That's a great way to say it, microcosm, for sure. It shows the new tone that Pokemon is willing to explore, the new degree of emotional complexity it's willing to show and describe. I, I'm like, if, if this is the bar that we're going to start seeing now from Pokemon, like count me in. I'm excited for uh, more of this. Yeah. But uh, first, before we get into anything, we're just going to take a quick ad break and then we'll be right back to just get into it. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. So first, uh, we talk about kind of the first meeting, the interaction that we have with Arvin. Um, you know, first impressions are always like the most important on how you kind of think of a character. It's kind of setting the stage for who they are, what you can expect from them and everything. And Arvin does not start off on like the best foot with us. Um, we first run into him um, at the top of the lighthouse. Well, not top of the lighthouse. At the top of uh, Poco Path, uh, leading like towards the lighthouse, where he's just kind of coming from the lighthouse lab where Professor Sada was. 
uh, and you just were like saved or, you know, you sa- who saved who um, of uh, your mysterious writing Pokemon, Koridon or Miridon, depending on your um, game. And he's a little shit. He's just a little, little bitch baby. And I did not <laughs> like him. He's standoffish. He's upset with everything. He doesn't like the Pokemon that is like clearly like super cool and that you can ride around on. And he's just like, he's not like taking any like big shots at you or anything, but he's just like, I don't want this. This is all dumb. I hate that thing. I hate this. This all sucks. And like, you know, we can just go over first impressions, but mine was just like, he's pretty negative. He's a little negative Nancy. I don't like this. And like, at first seeing him, I was like, oh, great. Another just like entitled brat character who thinks that he deserves the world on a silver platter. Um, he's just going to be a little shit. Um, he had a strange disgust for like the Koridon, be right on Pokemon. And like, he just made me very suspicious of him. Uh, and then not only that, but just like on top of me just being next to Nimona, who is just constant sunshine, constant smiles, every single waking moment. It just made Arvin feel more just dickish. She is she is a constant ray of sunshine and also a magnifying glass at the same time. <laughs> but um, I think like uh, with Arvin, though, my first impression of him was less a dislike or a disgust, but more an indifference. He seemed like the same archetype of character that we've seen a bunch of different times in the game. Because mm-hmm. you've had, you run into like both the grumpy Pokemon are stupid characters and the grumpy like Pokemon are tools characters. Right, right. Like almost every game, majority of most movies Sometimes they're the antagonist, sometimes they're the rival, sometimes they're defeated, sometimes they have their heart changed. And so I think I just didn't really have much of an opinion of Arvin one way or the other, because as soon as he was introduced, I'm just like, oh, silver, but another one. (laughs) Right, right. Like, it's just, we've seen this before. Um, I think it is essentially a kid's game, but we've seen other kids games go into much more like you know complicated emotionally complex uh stories and characters but you know game freak has never really pushed the envelope on us having like more especially for like you know these side characters than a three dimen like a, an actual three dimensional character uh where we then we see Arvin as just like, okay, I can tell this is what you're going to be through the whole way. And maybe you'll change your mind after, you know, we meet a legendary Pokemon and friendship and whatnot. And it doesn't exactly go that way. And I'm very surprised by this. And I'm very like, you know, it, it's refreshing. I'm, I'm happy to hear that it kind of goes in a different way. And I think it starts going in a different way. Uh, in terms of his background. As the game goes on and we start seeing a little bit more of what brought him to that point, that's where, oh, like this is like actually a twist of those archetypes and he is actually a surprisingly well-rounded character. Well, yeah, um, I, well, okay. So I'm gonna just like say that I guess the background of some of these like not, antagonist but not even like i would say anti-hero 
characters, but just like other side characters who are around your age, sometimes have had a very difficult upbringing. I would say definitely like Silver um, is one of the best examples uh, where he had a, a literal mafioso crime syndicate boss for a dad who either died or left. But we're kind of seeing this in a different light when we go to Arvin. Uh, but, you know, starting from the beginning, uh, from what we learn as we go along in the game, Arvin has had a very difficult upbringing. He is a child of the famed Paldean professor, uh, either Sada or Toru. And, you know, this professor has already created, like, the latest and greatest technology of, like, terrestrialization and is exploring the Great Paradox Pokemon and the Area Zero. Like, they have gotten so many different accolades. But Arvin is kind of just in their shadow all the time. Like, Arvin could care less about this. The point of all of their success is that they have neglected their son, Arvin, at almost every juncture. They're never home. They don't like make sure that they are in Arvin's life as well as he would want them to. And depending on, you know, however you feel like is, you know, because of what happened through the events of the game, it is everything that has led up to the game that still has that whole essence of uh, neglect and, uh, you know, lack of uh, their presence in his life. We start seeing pictures and um, elements of his um, relationship with his Pokemon, his uh, Mastiff slash uh, um, Mabastiff, just because they were the one of the few things in his life that actually showed him affection. Yeah, like this whole unconditional, constant affection in his life that it doesn't seem like he got from his parent. And on top of that, we also learn while we're in Area Zero later on in the game that in the professor's notes, the other parent of Arvin just leaves, walks out. So they've been a single parent, and not through death, but because the other father or mother of Arvin just quit. They left. Uh, that also then adds more abandonment issues to Arvin he feels already unwanted by half of his parental units. And then, you know, you've got the other one who's just so engrossed in their work that they can't even be able to give him, you know, the time of day. While he was with his professor parent in Area Zero, one of the very powerful Pokemon there attacked him and Mabostiff protected him, but it resulted in them being injured so badly that even Pokemon centers were struggling to help them. Like, think about that for a second. We are talking about a entire society that is more or less revolving around an international blood sport of super-powered animals attacking each other daily where you just put them in a little capsule ball, do the, you know, do-do-doodly-doo, and then they magically get better, like, in seconds. And that is not enough for this Mabostiff to be better. There is something that is so fundamentally injured 
in its entirety, in its physical makeup, that it cannot be healed. That is a huge, a visceral kind of injury. That's not just like easily fixed. It's something that isn't just like bad. It's like terminal, it seems. That, it, it, that doesn't happen a lot. And, you know, other than stuff that happens in maybe like the anime where, you know, they can't heal properly uh, or like fan theories, it is almost unheard of. Exactly. And like we had that with, um, what was it? There was the fan theory that went around with uh, Red and Blue Mm-hmm. But um, when you visit uh, Lavender Town, the Pokemon Tower, you run into your rival there. A lot of people were theorizing that he was um, at the tower mourning a Pokemon that had died because um, his Raticate is no longer on his team at that point. So some people had theorized that his your rival's Raticate had died. And this was generally treated as silly, creepypasta fan theory. Except in this game, essentially that same thing is canon. Yeah, we, and like, that's the weirdest thing is like, we have always had like this whole subculture of like very adult themes in like Pokemon games, which have like been all but confirmed, especially like with Lavender Town and like, you know, Pokemon can die and like, you know, the Cubone's mother thing. But we don't really, it, it's more or less after the fact. I think this whole Mabostiv thing gives a different perspective where it's like kind of in the middle of this. Like, you know, that this Pokemon has sustained these very terminal injuries very recently, and you're seeing it when you're seeing it like struggle standing up or speaking. Like, that's rough. That really hits you. And you can only imagine how that could be for Arvin. Like this is a this is your childhood pet that you have grown up with, a pet that you know has shown you more love than your one parent who walked out and your other parent who's too busy being beloved by the world to give you the same kind of love that your dog does. And then while you are on this, you know, dangerous trip in Area Zero, while your parent is probably like out doing a bunch of tests and research while you're left alone again you're out exploring with your mabostiff and uh one of the many really tough pokemon comes out of nowhere and just decimates them in some regard arvin i'm sure can feel like the blame on their uh, mabostiff getting hurt like that is area zero is the things that come out of it and of course their parent if they weren't in area zero none of this would have happened to his mabostiff and none of this would have happened to his uh you know the the strange relationship between him and his parent it's all because of this stupid area zero so like it makes sense that maybe he doesn't really like miradon or koridon merely because like damn that that is a place of actual trauma that he had escaped and then out of nowhere this kid rolls up with one of those things like screw that combine all of that together and there's just this element of it makes a degree of sense why you find him in the emotional state he's in at the um, start of the game 
And it's just one of those things where it's it's interesting that his motivations are explored and discussed that thoroughly. Because, like, for the most part, if we get that for char- other characters in a Pokemon game, it's significantly briefer. It's um, a lot more simplified. And it's just really interesting just letting that emotional complexity sit there. I think uh, on that note, though, I think we are going to uh, head into another break. So uh, we'll catch you on the flippy dip. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So uh, last when we were talking, um, Arvin was just like going through all of this crazy shit. Um, estranged parent relationship escaped from the traumatic experience with his childhood dog and rolls up to his old like house uh, at the lighthouse lab off Poco Path and enrolls, you know, the main character and Nimona and uh, the writing Pokemon from Area Zero. And, you know, putting that in perspective, he is understandably upset. Uh, but it definitely rubs uh, me and probably was designed to rub a lot of players the wrong way. Uh, but now uh, let's talk about Arvin's journey. This is all that we talked about, everything that has happened before the events of the game, before we meet him. And now we get to talk about how we, you know, learn about Arvin and see his journey as he progresses through uh, the treasure hunt at the academy uh, and just kind of the person that we learn that he is. So after seeing how powerful uh, the main character is, Arvin kind of enlists your help in getting the Herba Mystica, a set of herbs brought from Area Zero uh, decades before, I think 100 years before, um, when some scientists came down and they planted it around the region. Um, He's got like this little book. It's either the Scarlet Book or the Violet Book, which is just like, you know, a a recounting of each of the different herbs and where they might be hiding. Um, He took that from like the Lighthouse Lab and he wants to just get our help in doing that. And that's one of the main three quests is like finding these herbs and then, um, you know, having to fight the Titan Pokemon, which is a fun little mechanic. Everything's cool like that. But after the first one that you usually do, when we leave, Arvin then kind of, again, they, they paint it in a very like malicious light or lack thereof. And he's like, saying, all right, come on out to like something 
that he like lets go of in the shadows and you're just like what who is he talking to what is this what's going on Caleb what were what was your first impression of that were you like okay that's it evil I was definitely suspicious I think there was definitely just an element of it where Honestly, I was expecting him to end up with the the opposite bike. So I was playing a uh, Violet. I was expecting him to uh, have a um, Karyadon. Oh, that's a good idea. I like that. But like that isn't really the direction they went with it. Um, like I thought that it was going to be like he's got this like really like Pokemon we've never seen before, like possibly legendary, possibly just like very powerful, but like sentient pokemon that's like pulling the strings or like you know something else that he thinks is gonna like fix all his problems but isn't because he just wanted to take the easy route just something where he's not like pure evil but like he has misplaced intentions that end up hurting people or just something like that where he'll be antagonistic in that way but we were both wrong eventually they uh do the big reveal where he talks about what his motivation has been all this time. He lets out of the ball his uh, elderly Mavastiff, and immediately our hearts are captured and held prisoner. It is a really good reveal, especially like after the first one. You like you have to do other stuff, got to level up, but in the back of your mind you're just like, what did he have there? What happened? Like I got to know. And you do the second one and you finally like, you know, after uh, another like terse interaction with, you know, your ride Pokemon, he's like, okay, here, this is why I'm actually collecting it. Because uh, he first wants the whole thing to be collecting the Herba Mystica so he can make these sandwiches for his like culinary career uh, for his treasure hunt. But the real reason is that he wants to use them as they are said to have a cure for any like injury or ailment for his Mabostif who was injured. And like, I was shocked that I would not have ever uh, assumed that was the reason. It made me respect Arvin on a completely new level. It was easily the first goal that I finished in the game. I was like, we are going to fix your dog and you're going to be happy and he's going to be happy. And this is all fine. This is going to be great. It changed my view completely of Arvin. Pokemon usually has a very difficult time hiding its villains. You can usually tell very, very easily who's going to be your antagonist, who's going to be the secret villain. Like they've gotten, they've gotten a little bit better. They've gotten that. a little like, bit better, but like I saw like Chairman Rose coming a mile away. I will say, and we can, you can go back on this. I knew Volo was going to be evil immediately. I was like, that dude's too nice. He's evil. I'm usually good at this. That's interesting. I called a, I I called Volo before the reveal, but not nearly as fast as <laughs> um, I should have. It was it very close to the actual reveal that I'm like, okay, something's not right here. As soon as I saw him, I was like, there's something wrong. There's something off. You're fucked up in some way. Yeah, Arvin was different. Like this was. This was interesting. It, I don't know if it was like an intentional bait and switch, but like it was good. The The big thing that got me in this whole thing is just like how unique this is as a Pokemon story, but at the same time, how much sense it makes. 
So we've seen these moments in Pokemon stories before where we've needed to assist sick Pokemon, where someone's been attached to a partner that like is older. But Arvin's reaction in that specific moment um, made it feel just very real, very profound, seeing a character who had just been very emotionally detached. I think that's actually a good example of it. He, As someone who had been going out of his way to keep people at arm's length, like seeing him as the Mabostiff story goes on, get to a point where he is like on his knees crying, hugging his Pokemon, just made it feel like very real, very profound. It is a truly like earned amount of trust. He doesn't just go out the gate. Like this would not have had the same impact if, we meet him at the lighthouse and he's like, howdy, I'm Arvin. I am here and like, I hate my mom or dad and I want you to help me find the Herba Mystica so we can heal my sick dog. He got real fucked up, real bad. And you're my new best friend now. I would be like, I don't give a shit. I don't care. You're not real to me. Look, you you can just say Wally's name. You, you don't have to <laughs> subtweet him like that. Fuck you, Wally. <laughs> you little bitch I don't care I don't care about anything that you're doing I don't care about your dreams I don't care about your goals I don't care about who you are you are not real you are a, a, a you are a self insert I don't care I don't care about you I don't care about Wally I don't care about um oh my god Barry, Barry thank you you knew you knew I was like I was about to say who's that little blonde asshole Barry <laughs> fuck you Barry I don't care about you like it's it's those like misses that makes me like so much more appreciative of Arvin, where he could have been this write off side character who never frowns, who always smiles. Like there's so much complexity to this and you actually have to earn his trust so he can be able to share with you something that he really does not like to talk about, like for good reason. Um, We like as we get closer to like healing his Mabostiff, he starts to become, you know, less standoffish and anxious and, you know, arm's length with you um, and with some other people. And like, at the same time, we have like the uh, sandwiches that we give to Koridon or Miradon, um, which like brings their abilities back. Um, so then we get like some calls from uh, the professor parent and like Arvin's just like, Hey, are you going to talk to me? Like you're seeing this kind of like breakdown of communication between Arvin and their parent. And like, it sucks to see. And it makes you like, uh, it made me like a little uncomfortable. Cause I was just like, I, I wanted to have the option to just be like, Hey, do you want to talk to your kid for a second? I know. Like, it seems like <laughs> this has been a thing. Like imagine if uh, like, you're constantly clamoring for your parents' attention and you find out that like they end up calling your friend almost every time you and them hang out afterwards. <laughs> I'd be pissed. I'd be like, what the, f what, what's going on? Hey, you want him to be your new son? Like what's going on? We also see that his story be begins to intertwine with the main story where other characters and other like side stories kind of, are finished with a neat tight bow on it. Arvin's isn't exactly finished once we heal his Mabostiv, which again is a 
heartwarming, beautiful moment. But it's kind of like bittersweet as like uh, the professor is just like, oh, cool. Also, the uh, Pokemon from the, the writer Pokemon, Miradon or Koridon, is also at full capacity. Come down and, uh, you know, help me out with it. The mechanical callousness of that whole situation is striking. Yeah, I was I was starting to feel like there was something off. And exactly. And I think like with all of that, that ends up uh, continuing once we get to the the late game, kind of the, you know, fourth route, as it were. Right. Like, you know, after you're finished with like uh, the other quests with like Penny and Nimona and like you beat the all the gyms and the Elite Four and you, you know, take down Team Star. Um, and of course, heal the Mabostiv. The there's a last story that you need everyone together to like come around, and it was really cool to like have like a cool cutscene where like Arvin's parent professor uh, asked them to like come down to like return the book and like help them out with some stuff, and you know you Arvin, Penny, Nimona all like get to the edge of the area zero gate and like you know jump off and like glide through the air and i'm just like that's a cool group that's great it feels earned it feels like a real cohesive group that like you helped put together you're seeing like this really nice like moment come together as you go into again what arvin would definitely feel is traumatic but like with these friends and with you and with like him being able to open up, he feels a bit more, I would say like, you know, happier and optimistic going into than he would have just on his own. You start going through it and there is, I think there is a well shown sense of the extent to which what you're going back through is a degree of Arvin and Mabastiff overcoming that pain. There's a point that Arvin recognizes the Pokemon that initially defeated um, Mabastiff. There's points where he talks a little bit about his familiarity with that area. But then as you get closer to the end of Area Zero, you find out a much, much darker revelation and plot twist. The venture down in there is a pretty cool experience uh but then it starts to get a little bit more somber as we kind of go along and you discover just this like dark revelation once you get to like the last bit of the um bit of area 0 with the facilities um you know you go through some of the diaries and everything one of the second last facilities is like all messed up and like definitely looks like there has been like a a, a battle in there uh, that's been left just decrepit uh, for quite some time. You know, there's like some inklings that there is something wrong. I think uh, a lot of people, uh, much of myself uh, expected, especially in the last, in the second, the last facility where uh, the professor was like having to basically shut down and, um, you know, reboot themselves that I was like, Oh, this is just a recorded message or like a very, well-planned you know ai with like a bunch of different answers and they're like gone in the past or something uh but no it's much more fucked up than that it is the fact that 
you know, while Arvin like goes off, you are the first one to be able to kind of go into the last facility and there you see the professor, but there's something clearly wrong with them. And they're like, yeah, so I am an AI android who has all the memories of the professor, but the professor fucking died. And I don't mean like they tripped and fell. Uh, they explained in even more detail than I was expecting that the Alpha Coridon or Maridon and your Maridon or Coridon got into a fight. They tried to, the professor tried to stop it and died in the process, which feels to me is sort of like they got mauled, they got destroyed succumb to their injuries i believe the term was it leads to a very exciting very climactic for you the player uh, final battle but as you kind of get to the end of um that story even there's a moment that arvin enters the time machine room sees the fake professor and arvin is able to put together kind of like what's going on relatively quickly yeah he's like all right who are you Really? Like, I know my mom and or dad, and you're not it, chief. Like, what's what's what the hell is going on? Like, and we have this terrible moment um after you beat the professor the first time, and like they're kind of like short circuiting as they're like laying eyes on Arvin, and like this android has never actually met Arvin, but they have all the memories of its creator who is the parent of Arvin and they're like oh look how big you've grown so proud of you my oh I'm sorry you were alone so long and like it's gut-wrenching because like there's no real comparison for this because like this is like a semi-self-aware AI that is supposed to be some sort of like digital copy of a person who is now dead, who is reacting to seeing their like son who has grown, who has developed, who has become what they are so proud to see. And they just, they don't know what to do with those emotions. They're giving this reaction, but like at the end of the day, you're just like, is that real? Are you actually reacting or is this just like what your AI programming is telling you to? It's so it, it's it's messed up on so many different ways. It's this intense moment. But then like um, even after it, even after you defeat them and there's the farewell and kind of everyone moves on and the Academy Ace tournament happens and all of that, like. And, like, he puts on a smile and battles you with his Pokemon. Like, um, there is, like, the intense and interesting, like, sense of even after that moment, the world moving on. And I think this is where you and me um, have interestingly, like, slightly different takes on this. Yeah, because, like, to me... After the events of everything, you, you know, are able to beat the AI clone version of Arvin's dead parent, which he just learns like the same time we do, same day throughout this entire game. 
Arvin thought that his mom or dad was still around, still here, like being an asshole and not there for you, but like still alive. And then one day you go and do this big giant event and then you find out they're dead. And then you have to have a conversation with your fake parents android and then after that your friend has to beat the shit out of them until they break and then you you know they send themselves back into the time machine either into the future or into the past and then then you just have to go back home Arvin is an orphan now he just realized he has no legal guardian anymore his parent, who he was very, like, already estranged with, is dead. The other one left. I solemnly believe that Arvin is just not okay. He has not received closure. Everyone else had a wonderful little story wrap-up. They got their little, like, moment. They got to cry. They got to be happy. Uh, and Arvin did, too. But then we went a little bit further into a story and like it's not there's no closure there there's not real closure arvin can like have a smile on his face during the ace academy but like that's not going to bring his mom back that's not going to make him unsee uh his fake mom uh telling everyone like oh you have to you have to beat the shit out of me so you can save the world and not have this time machine uh unleash hell on this entire region you have to do this. And then he goes home and he's like, well, time to sleep in my cot. Sure hope, you know, I have anything tomorrow. All he has left is his dog. And maybe that's what he always had before. But like, that's not real closure, you know? I think um, the the you saying all he has is his dog. I think that's where kind of that. That's actually a really good segue into kind of my my counter to that and kind of where. uh I think our opinions on that diverge because I very much got a sense of Arvin's theme in his story being one of finding and accepting chosen family, because I do think there was this element of um, obviously like the whole experience brought him closer to his um, Mabastif, but it also brought him closer to you. He's excitedly referring to you as a best friend. Well, before this moment, um, he's, Obviously, like building a friendship with both uh, Penny and Nimona as this whole thing is going on, like they are becoming a mutually supported friend group slash family unit in the way that Pokemon friend groups are want to do. But I think if you look at the final cutscene before the post game coming out of Area Zero, there's kind of a moment of him kind of like standing back grappling with that loss that um the other characters kind of call out to him and um kind of like go join him and i think with that that was kind of where i think i i would agree on arvin not entirely getting closure but i think that part of the my takeaway from the end is that there doesn't need to be closure to that kind of grief where there was a sense of despite the thing that he has lost and despite the grief and sadness from realizing both what he's lost and what he's misunderstood for as long as he did. Cause it isn't 
just that he found out his parent is dead. It's that he also found out that he's lost that time of having a damaged opinion of his mom or his dad thinking that they had abandoned him when really they had just died. Um, And I think there, so there is that grief and that loss, but at the same time, um, he has found and built relationships that he didn't have before that he had struggled to build and find before both with um, kind of rebuilt and regained on that relationship with a Mabastif. He has repaired his relationship with a Karyadon or Miradon and his opinion of his parents is also improving because you see a little bit of his, his own post game story is him learning a little bit more about his parents legacy and learning a little bit more about like what his parents were actually like and showing a little bit more of a willingness to explore that. And I think the, I like that it was able to allow him to experience both of those emotions, both the sadness of what he lost and the joy of the things that he's gained or regained and not had them contradict each other or try to zero sum each other. I can absolutely respect that. And I do like uh, the fact that he did, you know, have a good like earning of found family. Um, But like, I do disagree that like, this was not just like a manufactured estrangement between him and his parent. The whole like fact that he has felt neglected by his parents has been something that Arvin has talked about before the events of the game. What we know, at least in what I was like looking at in the timeline of it was that Arvin's Mobostiff like got injured. He had to get the fuck out of there. Then the Pokemon professor dies. And then you see the Coridon and Miridon escape area zero, you know, glide through the area and then crash land on the beach. So anytime before like the injury of Mobostiff, is on that parent for what they did in either neglecting Arvin, which I still think has that is That is true. I will walk that part of that back. But yeah, like the, that's still a lot of emotions to deal with. Even um, if I think the, it could have been dealt with a little bit more directly. I think that for what, for the story that it was telling, I was impressed that Pokemon was able to, balance those emotions very effectively absolutely i think the closest we ever got was i would say sun and moon with lily if you remember her um and the trauma that she had with her mother who like was just totally evil had this whole like evil you know empire thing and trying to get the ultra beasts and lily was like actually traumatized by you know one of the ultra beasts uh, and her mother looked at her as a tool that was a really good complexity, but like they really, again, fucked up the, uh, the execution of it because she didn't seem real as much. She didn't seem like, you know, at the end of the day, she learned to like Pokemon, but like there wasn't as much closure with her mother. There wasn't as much of anything. And I think that, you know, Arvin is a much better step in that direction. Well, that about wraps it up. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. And be sure to connect with us on Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter at lore underscore party. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Later.